Hey guys, it's Matt. Thanks for downloading episode 10 of the Obsessive Viewer Podcast. Uh, this week we were talking about our favorite cancelled TV series and uh, we went off on a bit of a tangent about spinoffs, but it was a good episode and once again me and Tiny were joined by our friend Mike, uh, who called in from Evansville to join us. Um, he's quickly becoming the Ted Mosby to our Marshall and Lily, um, if you will. And yes, I fully, I'm fully aware that I just that I just compared me and Tiny to a married couple. But let's just move past it, guys. A um, couple quick notes before we get started. In the end segment, uh, I make reference to the movie Coffee Town, but I incorrectly refer to it as the Funny or Die movie. It's actually College Humor. Um, and you may notice now, and you will notice it much more in the episode, that I've, I'm battling a cold. So there's several times throughout the episode where I'm, I had to edit out like a hundred coughs. Um, like seriously, a hundred coughs. Like I kind of want to edit them all together. I want to cut them all together and put it like underneath the entire episode and just kind of cut me out of the episode completely. So that just sounds like Mike and Tiny are having a conversation, just completely annoying, uh, ignoring their dying friend. Um, yeah. So anyway... Um, I'll let you guys go. I hope you enjoy the episode. Let us know what you think, ovpodcast at gmail.com, and uh, hit us with a review on iTunes. Uh, We'd really appreciate that. And as always, don't forget to uh, like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash theobsessiveviewer. All right, enjoy. days the internets are flooded with crowdsourcing like kickstarter bringing back shows from the dead uh some have been gifted a second chance but some shows unfortunately have not canceled shows and that's what we're talking about today i'm mike in evansville on twitter at i am mike white i'm joined of course by your hosts tiny at obsessive tiny and the guy in charge of the obsessive viewer matt at uh obsessive viewer on twitter so guys uh what canceled shows are you into all of them oh yeah (laughs) all of them (laughs) i have kind of a complex for saving for for attaching myself to shows that have no future it's kind of it's my doomed yeah it's my version of just bad relationships (laughs) Um, but i guess they are bad relationships they are and it's it's one of those things that i whenever whenever a show starts like this past season I started watching um, uh, uh, Bates Motel and Under the Dome, and mm. both of those are freshman series, and I watched them and I reviewed them for the site. But my whole thing is that it's uh, it's hard to it's hard to get into a show in its first season because there's that constant threat of being canceled. So, yeah. like I've 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 had shows that. I've watched four episodes of, and then it's just been completely dropped from the schedule. Mm-hmm. That is a really morbid sense of entertainment consumption. Yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't know if I want to try this because it might be canceled. Right. That's that's why first seasons get canceled because yeah, you are not alone. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and it's I, I fault the networks because they don't give them a shot. I mean, I understand it's a yeah. business, but it's also it's also entertainment. You need to have room to grow. I mean. Like, I mean, no one's going to hit the mark right and it's on their first go. Like, it needs to build an audience. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah. Especially with a modern a modern audience, the way, mod- uh, the way audiences are now. 
Oh, it yeah. doesn't just right. happen overnight. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, so let's get the ball rolling. What's the first uh, the first show on your guys' list? Go ahead, Mike. Um, well, I'll start with one actually that is not a favorite of mine. Uh, but I kind of just wanted to talk about this because it is a spinoff of a favorite show of mine, and that's Joey, <laughs> the uh, 2004, 2005 uh, <laughs> classic. Uh, Joey. Starring Matt LeBlanc as Joey Tribbiani, a man who spent uh, several years of his life in New York. Did he grow up in New York? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. he did. He, I guess he's got the yeah. accent. Yeah. So totally. in New York, moves out west after all of his friends marry off and uh, and decides to pursue acting even further. He lives with his sister, played by Drea uh, DeMatteo, mm-hmm. and, oh. uh, and who has a son... And I don't remember the son's character's name, but it's Paulo Costanzo. Yeah. Who, who I remembered from Road Trip. Yeah, Road Trip. Yeah. Who And is a completely different character. Mm-hmm. And mm. I was thrown from the beginning because I was expecting the, the stoner guy from Road Trip. Right. Who I thought was really funny and authoritative. Uh, but But this kid was like a little wimp kid that Joey kind of had to show the ropes in terms of getting women. Yeah. Interesting. So, uh, yeah, it lasted 46 episodes uh, and wow. was canceled. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Got a full full two seasons. Well, I had no idea. Uh-huh. And was I've, canceled. I've never seen one second of it, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> was canceled at the end of its second season. It was justified mm-hmm. in its cancellation. It was uh, probably overdue, too. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Uh, it brings up – I watched maybe maybe three episodes total. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. And it brings uh, up an uh, just just oh, to yeah, be clear, I saw the entire first season, and then I didn't watch it. Okay. You poor bastard. Um, <laughs> no, it's it's one of those. It brings up an interesting point that I feel like I loved. I loved Friends. Friends was one of my favorite sitcoms. We've talked about it, all that. Um, but it brings up an interesting point that when when they're planning a spinoff for a character that's in a popular show, it. Yeah comes as a detriment to that final season of that show yes because mm. yes you see like in the friends finale everyone has closure there's like okay yes uh um chandler and monica have their babies ross and rachel are back together phoebe talks about having maybe having a baby of her own with uh with uh mike That's a, yep. that was his name right yeah with paul rudd yep. yeah and then uh, there's joey that's like oh hey i have a chicken a duck now <laughs> it's it's funny because on one side that's true to the character. Yes, it is. And I'm glad that he kind of kind of ends up a way that we might have expected him to, but on a show that is uh that it was ended with such a pretty bow on purpose, mm-hmm. you would have liked to have seen him get his big break or or something a yeah. bigger break. Oh, right. Yeah. I don't know. Even have even have him I mean, I, I understand. It's a double-edged sword because yeah. they the ending was good because he stays in New York. Nothing really changes for him, which he's kind of a sad character. He's kind of that kind of character that he doesn't right. need to change. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean, I still would have liked something that's like, oh, yeah, I got a job in L.A. I'm going to be moved to, moving to L.A. It's it's going to be great. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, isn't he supposed to live in... Uh in the Bing, the the uh, Geller Bing attic, <laughs> yeah, isn't that the plan? <laughs> or the garage or something? Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't like it for obvious reasons. Yeah. Interestingly enough, it was very Joey. 
I mean, Joey mm-hmm. remained Joey, but of course, the whole point of Friends was the was the ensemble, right? Uh, and without the group, it it just does not work. It turned into, oh, man, at the risk of sounding racist, it turned into a show about being Italian. I mean, there were so like three Italian characters on the show, a family, yeah, uh, yeah, three three, which was or three characters clearly trying to be distinct from having six characters. Also didn't work, um, and uh, and I just did. I didn't. I liked Joey because I like Joey, but uh, the the nephew and the and the sister just didn't work. Yeah, just didn't work for mm. me. Ugh. Was it uh, was it like even funny really? You know, I don't remember. Oh, it was okay. in 04. So basically, um, no. <laughs> I you know I might have laughed. Was is it a is it a uh, Marta Kaufman? David Crane was it, were they the producers? That's a good question. I'm I think they sure. were. Probably. I don't know if they had as much of a, uh, as much hands on it as uh, they did with Friends, but yeah, yeah. Well, uh, either way, I do I do remember it being uh, menial laughs, right? And then just yeah. saying by the end of it, ugh, this is not the same, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, it's like it's like it's like hearing from a friend. That you've known for a while, but them just telling, like, having a horrible idea or having, like, a horrible, like, joke that's just not funny. I mean, I know you guys probably have experienced that with me on a daily basis. <laughs> but it's just kind of like that. Like, I feel like the laughs that you get from Joey are just kind of like you're appeasing a friend. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. huh, yeah, you know, that was that was great. Um, hmm. But, yeah. That's a good but, point. Yeah. But Matt LeBlanc went on for to better things like I haven't seen episodes but I've heard good things about he it. He did. I watched I watched four or five episodes of episodes and it was really good. It was really funny. Nice. nice. I've heard it's good. Yeah. yeah. Um that also before we move on to another show um talking about spinning off characters and being a detriment to the end of a series like they were talking about that with The Office with doing that for Dwight oh. and it yeah, and I know, I know, Mike. I know you haven't watched The Office, and Tiny. I know you haven't watched that last season, but when you do, you'll notice that there's there's a very distinct thread throughout the season that they're like, okay, they're building toward trying to get, um, trying to get Dwight his own show, and they even have like an episode. It's called The Farm. Oh no! Yeah, hmm. it was filmed. Uh, it was intended to be filmed as a double. Double parts, um, or, or, or as an office episode, and yeah. as a pilot episode for the show. Wow. Yeah. So there's basically the main story of Dwight and his farm, and you introduce all these new characters, and then there's like a B story that's more office centric. But it's just like it's 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 not funny. It's not good. And I'm so glad that NBC had the for the foresight to say, yeah, we're not going to do it. Wow, um, that's yeah. a terrible idea. Yeah. I mean that the characters on that show were all designed to play off one another, and that none of none of them were designed to carry the show by themselves. So exactly, it's, it's a terrible, terrible especially idea. Dwight because especially Dwight, Dwight yeah. yeah, Dwight's the weird guy, and it's it, you can't have a series, you can't build a series around the weird guy and have weird characters <laughs> being the supporting characters. It's it right. just doesn't work. As I, I don't see how it got past the pitch. Yeah, um, yeah. And then also bringing more to speed things that we've all watched. Um, Breaking Bad. There's talks of 
having a Saul. Better Goodman. call Saul. Yeah. <laughs> and I, like I've said before, I don't. I, I love Saul Goodman. He's a great character. Bob Odenkirk is amazing. Yeah. But I feel like if they're going to if they're going to give him a series, I feel like they should just let Breaking Bad rest however it ends and then and then create a new character for him. Have him develop a character, something, build a show around that cuz he has the chops to, to to do anything. I mean, he's a very talented guy. I mean, he can Yeah. He can do anything. Yeah. Um so I just don't see the appeal of having a Saul Goodman show instead of being a cash-in for the audience of Breaking Bad. I yeah. agree. When was the last time a spinoff really worked? Was it Frasier? That's the only one I can think of, actually. Same here. Uh, yeah. Well, Family Matters, which was very successful, was the spinoff of, uh, of Perfect Strangers. Oh, really? I didn't know that. In the 90s, yeah. Huh. That was a big one. And, the, and there are probably people out there who know more about... Uh, TV history than I do, but there were ac- there were quite a few in the '80s um, okay. that were actually really successful spinoffs. Some that like they're they're on the tip of my tongue, um, hmm. and I and I just can't think of them. I'm embarrassed, but are, are very successful from very successful shows. Okay, hmm. and I, I'd like to uh, just to clarify, um, David Crane and Marta Kaufman were not involved with Joey. Just Kevin Bright. That doesn't surprise me. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, okay. and I think the time for spinoffs of popular characters from popular shows has kind of come to pass. Well, because... Uh, <laughs> sorry to cut in so quickly. Oh, that's fine. Because um, uh, there's not that many shows to choose from anymore. True. I that mean, you could you, good sitcoms begat good sitcoms mm-hmm. back in the eighties and nineties. So you, you, there's just aren't as many sitcoms anymore, and it just doesn't happen. Uh, Laverne and Shirley are from Happy Days. Oh yeah. Daria is from uh, is from Beavis and Butthead. Angel is from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That is, was successful and a little more recent. This mm-hmm. is the one I was looking for. Rhoda was successful. Rhoda uh, from the Mary Tyler Moore Show. Oh, I got nothing. Uh. Yeah. There's also Mork and I think it was was it, was it Mork and Mindy? No, um, Joni loves Chachi was spinoff. Yeah, spin off but that was Happy not Days. successful. It wasn't. Uh, no. I see. I don't know. No. Um, yeah, Tiny. What do you? What are your thoughts on spinoffs and the like? I I pretty much agree with you guys. They're yeah. they're kind of a kind of a bygone concept. Uh, I think Mike said Mike made a good point that there's just not as many shows to choose from anymore and i i think that's true to an extent i think it's also the fact that television just isn't quite as successful as it used to be like it's yeah if you look at it it still makes a ton of money but when you look at you know compared with inflation and all that stuff i don't want to get into the math but compared with inflation it used to be so much more lucrative than it is now yeah um well well networks did anyways you know once once cable you know once cable went basic and premium that just changed the game so much so i think it's it's just a changing market now it's just it's so different that that i don't think that the market doesn't lend itself well to spinoffs it is you're right and i'll go you one further and say that it's it's mostly just sitcoms getting the raw end of that deal because it's like it's cable shows but it's also network reality shows which are so cheap to make 
I mean, yeah. I mean, there are there are three um, late night TV shows on every night, so it's just too many. It's just mm-hmm. too many of yeah. those types of shows, and not and not people writing good shows. Right. Yeah, That's true. So. And I would also bring in the argument that I think it's also somewhat due to um, the quality of shows. Because I mean, scripted shows. I mean, when they're good, they're on. They're they're very, 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 very good. Like yeah. these days, yeah. we're in kind of a like it's been called like the golden age of television. Because uh-huh. yeah, and it's kind of that thing where you don't really need spinoffs because the shows stand up well on their own. Like I mean, there's not maybe there's not the writers aren't writing for one character or, or there's no one character that's standing out from the, from ensembles and everything because they're being written so well that as a, as a, that's a good point. as an ensemble, it just works well. And I mean, maybe they're noticing the mistakes of the past and, and not going forward with spinoffs or, or what, but I don't know. I just think it's quality of writing is also somewhat of a factor. You're right. True. Yeah. I do miss sitcoms though, man. Me too. Yeah. You have you have different mediums too of reaching audience. It's it's so much easier now to reach a specific audience. Yeah. Um, given the different mediums you have between you know thirty thirty forty years ago, it was just all you had was straight network TV. Yeah. But right. now now you have basic cable, premium cable. You can just do a show on the internet or on you know, put it on YouTube if you right. want, which right. people have actually done. Yeah. Or Xbox Network, whatever, and of course Netflix. So it's yeah. it's just it's it's evolved so much. That's true. Uh, should we move on to another show? We yeah, probably tan- should. We're getting, yeah. we're getting a little long-winded. Tangent over. Yeah. On the spinoffs. Uh, uh, so anyway, Joey was terrible. Yeah. That's my... <laughs> nice. Tiny, my what, uh, what do you want to bring up? Uh, my first one is uh, Aaron Sorkin's Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. Yes. Uh, it nice. had one season back in, I think, 2006 or five, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a fun little show. Just It was about a... A sketch comedy television show, like in the vein of Saturday Night Live, um, that took place in uh, L.A. and it was just about how they all they all interacted with each other, and it had a lot of great characters on it. Um, that show was actually an example of a very good show that got canceled, at least in my opinion. I know Matt has some thoughts on it, but I, I do. Well, I'll get into that in a minute. Um, mm-hmm. you go ahead. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just. I, I, I am totally, I'll say early here, that I am very biased towards uh, Aaron Sorkin. I think he's a god, essentially. He, um, he's especially, amazing. Yeah, as a writer. He's he's incredible, yeah. um, which is all he really does. I guess he doesn't He doesn't really direct or anything, but right. um, he's he's just incredible. I, and I, I will admit that his, his style is fantastical that's the word i like to use because it's just it, it's it's fantasy people just aren't that quick-witted I, i've never met a person that's as quick-witted as all of the characters on his shows right and they don't um, they don't stop and take a breath or they don't say um or anything like that right like there's so there's much a, so that when jack nicholson screams you can't handle the truth his face is red <laughs> Not because he's angered, but because he's out of breath. <laughs> right, Sorkin, you can't handle the truth. Yeah, <laughs> and like, yeah, like it gets to the point where, like, in in the West Wing, there's a point where, like, the the head of the legal office of the White House, and then like the chief of staff of the White House, and several other of White House employees are having a continual argument about the history of like 
uh, theater and stuff. Like they're discussing <laughs> the Sondheim plays or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like it's throughout mm-hmm. the episode. I'm like, wh- why would these people have such a detailed and extensive knowledge of Sondheim <laughs> plays? Like it doesn't yeah. make any sense. Like if they, yeah. you know, if they have an extensive knowledge of history or something that makes sense but why yeah. why theater right uh yeah. and it's because you know sorkin's a theater nerd that's right. why yeah. um exactly. but yeah and studio 60 has has plenty of that um it's for for example there's a really great episode about um what were they called the hollywood 10 the uh, uh the blacklisted writers yeah that sounds right yeah. the hollywood six or something like that yeah, yeah. um yeah, it, like it's a re- that's a really cool episode that actually fits with the topic because it makes sense that these, you know, it, the the show has not the show Studio sixty has a lot to do with people behind the camera as well as the actors. So you know, it makes sense that the the producers and the writers would know about the Hollywood Ten. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's it was a fun show, and I think it got it deserved a lot more acclaim and a lot more more of a chance than it got. Um, but it just it wasn't marketed very well, and for some reason it just never really found an audience. So um, it was. Uh, have you watched it, it, Mike? I I watched maybe two episodes, and I and I don't remember it at all. I remember it being the loser of the. Uh, I was going to bring this up. SNL um, f- turned into shows yeah. series. It, Thirty <laughs> Rock is what I'm talking. Yeah, about. it's the it's right. the dramatic Thirty Rock. Yeah, it premiered the same year as 30 Rock, and I think it just... uh, I mean, 30 Rock was kind of struggling in ratings in the early days anyway, but I think it just... I don't know. It did, it did, but it was... That was right after... um, That was right after Mean Girls, and Tina Fey could do no no wrong. Right. Mm -hmm. So I feel like no matter which was the better show, Tina Fey was going to win that battle. That's not to say... It wasn't deserving in the early seasons. I don't know because I didn't watch it, but people seem to love it, mm-hmm. and I have nothing against Tina Fey. But I'm just saying, uh, I don't. I think she was she was destined to win. Yeah. Plus yeah. to win. Plus Thirty Rock had the had the muscle of uh, Lauren Michaels behind it. Well, yeah, that's true. Uh, so mm-hmm. yeah, um, but and it was NBC. Yeah, that's true. Uh, well, uh, Studio Sixty was ABC. NBC. It was NBC as well. It was what? NBC as well? Really? I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure. Wow, that's just... I, uh, think so. I think it was. That sounds right, actually, but it's kind of weird. Why yeah, would they right. greenlight two shows two. that... Yeah. Well, it's because Sorkin... I mean, West Wing was on NBC as well. That's true. So I think maybe it was a contractual thing with Sorkin. I don't know. Gotcha. Huh. Um, but reasons for cancellation aside, I, I couldn't really get into Studio 60 as much as everyone else seems to have... Um, like I know, I know our friend Greg is a huge fan, and he mm-hmm. always gives me crap for not. I don't necessarily down talk it because I, 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 it's a it's a quality show. I mean, it's it's really high. It's Sorkin, um, mm-hmm. and I don't know. I just I just feel like it's kind of preachy for a show that's about a sketch comedy <laughs> show. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, and yeah. people. People reference the sketches and all that. And I didn't really think much. Many of them were that funny, honestly. I mean, yeah. Well, the same could be said for actual Saturday Night Live. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but I think with Studio Sixty, it was kind of like it was more the being a platform for their political stance and all that. Like, I mean, they had like crazy Christians and how they couldn't say Jesus Christ on on the air oh, or something like that. That's so brilliant. It, it's it's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, but. 
it's also like I mean, it's a fun show. It's a it's a I I feel like I feel like on the set of like a real like of SNL and everything, you can't get that that heavy handed with your with your um with your your voice or whatever or with your with what you're saying because you have to put out a show every week and it's kind of if you get if you get that into your meanings and all that it's just kind of it's it, it would just burn out quickly yeah agreed uh, I, I agree with that my my counter argument to that would be that the the stance that the show takes studio 60 the, the stance that it takes is a it is a romanticized version of sketch comedy because in in Studio Sixty, the the show within within the show is like infused with pop culture, uh-huh. which which SNL SNL used to be that you know it used to be on Mondays people would stand around the the water cooler and talk about the funny sketch from Saturday Night Live yeah. you know right. how it, it used yep. to be that way and the you know Studio Sixty continues that that uh, that stance but. I think when that when the show was made, that's not how that's not how it was viewed anymore. Sketch comedy had had its had had its peaked had had definitely peaked, and it was on a huge you know downward spiral. And that's it's just true. not as it it didn't make as much sense for a new audience watching watching Studio sixty on the Sunset Strip to to apply that template to the show because it's just not as it's just not as influential anymore. It's not it's not infused with culture like it used to be. So, do you think the you, show was ten years too late, six years too late? I don't I don't even know if it's that. I don't know if the timing even would have helped it really, um, or it was behind the times or something like that. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it just I think it just couldn't find an audience. It was, uh, yeah. I, that, that's that's my opinion. It just couldn't find an audience. It wasn't it wasn't marketed well either. That was a that's huge, true issue because yeah. i i had never even heard of it until it was on <laughs> dvd so it's funny you say it's a romanticized version of that and it, it is and that that's indicative of sorkin because i mean west wing is a romanticized version of the west wing mm-hmm. um and then even the newsroom is a romanticized version of of journalism i would say yeah um so it's i mean studio 60 works for a lot of people and it just didn't really work for me i might try to revisit it at some point but Okay. Yeah. I'll kind of be I, the middle ground and say I I don't remember it enough. I mm-hmm. <laughs> I only have a few images from it, and it might just be because it's Sorkin. But like when I close <laughs> my eyes and think of Studio Sixty, I see Bradley Whitford and Matthew Perry walking. Witty, 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 witty. They stand still. <laughs> Matthew Perry keeps walking. Bradley Whitford, quippy line. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. That's that's fairly accurate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's not bad. Uh, that's not a that's not negative toward that show. I'm just saying that's all I remember. Right. Yeah. Um, just uh j- I'll just end it off with a quick a quick comment on the show that I if I had watched it live, uh I would have been absolutely furious at its cancellation because uh the last four episodes, it's actually a four-part it's a four-part uh story and it's about it's about one of the uh, <clears throat> one of the characters has a uh, younger brother who is in the military and he's deployed to Afghanistan and he gets captured by the Taliban mm-hmm. and it's it's a four part episode about that and that that story is the strongest re- emotional reaction I have ever had to a television show. Wow! Um, yeah, literally, I I like had to pause it because I was like crying so hard and wow like, i think it's because like I, I'm, I'm really close with my brother and like 
I put myself in his shoes and I was like, if that happened to me, I would absolutely go insane. I would, right. I would just lose my mind. And so yeah. just the, 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 the emotions that it was able to evoke for the last four episodes, I would have been so furious <laughs> at the, cool. at the cancellation. So hmm. just wanted well, to throw that in. Yeah, I might, uh, Makes sense. I might check it out. Okay. Matt, I have a feeling you're going to talk about something. I don't know about tiny, but that I'll have <laughs> a lot to say. Um, not this time. Not, not this time. I'll, okay. I'll do. I'll do that. <laughs> what do you in have a couple, first? In a couple ones. This one will be really quick because I know neither one of you. I Tiny might have watched it. I might have forced Tiny to watch it, but it's okay. the it's the show that I referenced uh, or that got canceled just suddenly. Uh, Drive. Mm. Anyone? Anyone? No, I never Bueller? watched it. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was a show. It was kind of a serialized show on Fox that was basically Nathan Nathan Fillion. Uh, play this guy who gets whisked or, or, or his his wife is kidnapped or is taken away or disappears and he gets roped into this cross-country road trip um <laughs> this this or this cross-country race kind of like cannonball run kind of stuff okay um it's mm-hmm. like kind of this clandestine race and he's he's in it for his for his wife and as a concept it was intriguing it was it was actually yeah. pretty cool it was it was really cool um and it was from it was from. Um, I want to say that uh, Joss Whedon was a producer, because um, it was. Uh, but I think the showrunner was. I don't know who it was. It may have been. It may have been Joss Whedon. I think it may have been a Joss Whedon show, but I think it was also more of a, a Tim Minear show. Who okay. he was a he was a writer on Firefly, which we'll probably get into later in this episode. I've never, never heard of it. Um, <laughs> but canceled was canceled. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, weird. But Tim Minear, he was actually responsible. He was the credited writer for one of my favorite episodes of Firefly and one of the best episodes of TV I've seen. It's Out of Gas, but we'll get into that later. But with Drive, it was it was a fun show. It was kind of kind of goofy, kind of kind of cheesy, kind of. The characters weren't that great. It had some people like it had Emma, a young Emma Stone, um, also uh, the guy that played Doctor Connors and in, in the original Spider Man, Kevin or uh, something Dylan Baker. Dylan yeah. Baker. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> yeah, he, I have he's stuff great. to say about Dylan. But he is uh, he is one of my favorite character actors ever. Yeah, we'll get in. We'll do a character actor episode. I, yeah, but. I know you're talking about that, but man, yeah. he's awesome. Yeah. He is awesome, and he was great in the show. He was a he played a guy who was like dying of cancer or something that was that took his took his daughter on this uh, in this race or whatever as just a like a, hey I'm fun before I die kind of thing. Huh. Um, but he got anyway. The interesting thing about it was that it was on Fox. It premiered in 2007, and what they did was one of the worst cases of just schedule mismanagement and just complete short-sightedness on a network's uh, uh, standpoint it was in fox you say yeah yeah <laughs> um it was on it was on fox and it was at a time when 24 was huge and 24 basically what they were doing with 24 um uh premieres was they were having two night two night premieres pretty much and they were having like one night would be like a Sunday night would be 24, two hours of 24. And then the, the next night, Monday night would be two hours of 24. So basically, I mean, it was a, sorry. Um, 
it was um so it was like it was basically a way to get into the get into 24's season and keep going mm-hmm. and 24 at that point was an established series what they did with drive was they took that basic principle and applied it to a new series so basically what they did was they had a two night premiere for a show that no one no one knew or whatever so i mean they, like who's going to like who's going to spend two nights on one on a new show mm-hmm. um uh like like that and they basically had like two episodes they had one episode sunday night and then one episode monday night and then they expected it to take off like 24 did they were, they expected it to have 24's numbers and when it didn't after a few weeks a few weeks after that they just canceled it um wow and it was just it was just i mean it deserved better cuz it could have been a fun like it could have been a fun like summer series or something. Huh. Um, yeah. But and I mean, uh, as a show, it was just okay. But um, yeah. but I mean, I, uh, just to, just to add, I I looked it up and Joss Whedon had nothing to do with Drive. Okay, so that must have just been Tim Minear then. Yeah, just Tim Minear. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I mean, it was just you know Nathan Fillion is such a likable guy that it was cool watching him. Uh, do his thing and it was kind of it was a fun show and it was and they released the last two episodes on online um, after it was canceled but it was just I don't know uh, it just it bugged me it really bugged me that they that they thought that it would be that they used that show as an experiment for 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 programming like that because mm-hmm. and they expected it to work is just even more mind-blowing to me but yeah but yeah but we can move on to other shows because I mean I, I that's pretty much all I have to say about drive so, Mike, what's next on yours? Well, the first thing I was going to – I wanted to talk about Happy Endings, but we, we kind of covered that and how good that show is right. in our uh, in our sitcom episodes. Yeah. And uh, so I'll just say it's a travesty that was canceled. Um, yep. But I'll take your Nathan Fillion and run with it mm-hmm. uh, and offer Firefly. Ah, uh, yes, yeah. Firefly. Now, Firefly for me, I am so way late in the game. <laughs> so late, in <laughs> fact, that I only caught the show uh, like I finished watching it this summer. Jeez. Wow. That is to say a couple months ago. Now, what happened was I borrowed the DVDs from a friend two years ago, and I wanted <laughs> to make sure that I would get those back to him. Like, I'm, I'm not, you know how sometimes you'll borrow something from a friend, and it'll be, well, now that's yours. I'm not one of those guys. Like, if I borrowed something from you, I'll give it back. So I borrowed uh, Andrew Parton, if you are if you listen to this at all. Thank you for Firefly. But I did get it back to him. Uh, so I watched Firefly, and at first I was a little thrown. At first, to be honest, I was not hooked. I was not hooked. Um, let, me, let me change that. The first episode, I was hooked. The okay. second episode, I was not so much, and I'll explain why. All along, the show had been described to me, or I had read... I guess described to me star a Star Wars western. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now that got me excited, and I'm sure they they picked that description of it to get me interested. Of course, because I love Star Wars. The problem mm-hmm. is, I thought it would be more serialized, and that it was one long epic. Um, but instead, it, it it was totally totally episodic. It is more Star Trek western. Okay. okay. So the second episode, when they're in the when they're in space, and you don't get a whole lot of how they ended up in space, <laughs> and and I was kind of like, whoa, whoa, whoa! They just skipped a bunch of stuff. How'd they get here? Uh, 
about three, four episodes in when I got over that confusion and I realized that it's Star Trek Western rather than Star Wars Western, yeah. then I took it and ran with it, and I loved it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And I, I thought those first first two episodes were a little bit slow as well. Like I a didn't, little bit. You don't really get hooked till like, the third or fourth episode. That's how I feel anyways. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, with my experience with Fireflies, and briefly, just real quick, Tiny, I will get you back your DVDs. Now I have a, because uh, <laughs> I, I have a stack, I'm looking at a stack of DVDs right now. It's basically a bunch that are Tiny's. Um, but anyway, Firefly, it, like I mentioned this earlier, that it has perhaps one of my favorite episodes of any TV show. It's a, it's, it's a bottle episode where, called Out of Gas, where... You jump into the episode and you don't. You see a flashback of of Mal, uh, Nathan Fillion, like yep. pretty much shopping for a ship, and then throughout the episode he's dying. He has he's been shot. He's running low on oxygen. He's going through the ship trying to figure out uh, how to save everyone's lives or whatever. And throughout it, he's just having flashbacks to how he met each member of the crew and uh, all the main characters. And it's just a really really a really great piece of TV writing, I would say, because it, it is. it's a great way to show a backstory for the characters. It's a great way to show like the, the gravity of the situation um, and how, how it shows it, it strengthens the connection between Mal and Serenity, the ship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I just love that end scene where it's, it goes back to the, I guess, spoiler alert, but I mean, um, it goes back to the flashback of him sh- uh, uh, shopping for the ship, and the the salesman yeah. guy's like, "Yeah, this one will never never let you down. You'll she'll be with you forever." And then right. you see that he's he's talking about another ship, and then he sees the, Serenity. Right, the whole episode he's pitching this yeah, other yeah. ship to him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then he sees Serenity, and he's like, "What about that one?" Or whatever. Yep. And it's just it's just a great episode. I love it so much. It it's, probably it's yeah. probably well, definitely for me. The, the highlight of the series. Mm-hmm. Totally. And I, and I feel like my early critique of it, um, if the show would have lasted the plan seven seasons... Was uh, it the plan? That's... Whedon had sa- has said that it, he, he had seven... Either seven total or seven more. I can't remember which it was, but there's wow. the word seven is in there. It's ambitious. Uh, th- it is ambitious. A little too ambitious, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and And... I I bet we would have gotten more of the of the serialization I would have wanted. Yeah, I definitely. Agree. But definitely. Interesting show nonetheless. Mhm. He also said that uh that uh Wash and Zoe are two characters that he never would have broken up, which huh. I think is 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 cool just cuz he likes how good they are together and and, and yeah, I thought they were that's too. That's true. Definitely. And I think uh the the longevity of the story is pretty well exemplified in the, in the, the follow-up movie of Serenity because yeah. if you look at the plot of that of that movie, it would have been the movie's great, but to see it to see that plot played out over five or six seasons would have been would have been awesome. Better. Oh yeah. yeah, so cool. The whole explanation of the the creatures uh, would have been really I, cool. I actually. Haven't seen the movie. I was gonna ask. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I haven't. And I'm, I'm it's glad it is kind for you. Thank <laughs> right. you. It's kind of this weird mix of if I watch it, then it's over. Okay. Yeah. Like, like if I watch it, it ends a specific way. Like, I, I feel like I have this idea 
of where it goes in my head, and I and I just don't want to watch it. It's a mix yeah. of that and a mix of I haven't had time to sit down and watch it. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's on instant. I think, yeah, it, I think is it is too. too. Yeah, it's yeah. it's definitely awesome. It's definitely yeah. cool. Totally. Um, yeah. Yeah, um, Chiwetel Ejiofor is in it. Oh, nice. That's tr- yeah. Yeah, That's she's true. awesome. Um, yeah, so Firefly was good. Yeah, I was going to say. Tiny, what's next on yours? Uh, Next on my list is a show. I bet there's a lot of people who haven't even heard of it, but uh, it was a show on Showtime called Brotherhood. Yes, Um, you're a huge, huge fan of that show, I remember. I am a very big proponent of it. Uh, I think it's... I I, it's it's almost Is that the the docu-series about the Mormons? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. <laughs> Wait, that's not, that's uh, Elder. Jeez. Never mind. <laughs> you can edit that. Uh, uh, I might uh, keep it in, uh, actually. Uh, <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. Uh, no, no. Um, it's, uh, I would I would say it's, <laughs> it's not quite on par with, with the Sopranos, but it's very Sopranos-esque. Um, okay. It's, because it has to do with, organized crime it has a lot to do with family obviously it's called brotherhood um it's 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 an amazing uh, ironically the the, when i mentioned studio 60 i said one of the biggest connections i had to the show had to deal with a storyline about being brothers and this show brotherhood is about being brothers (laughs) (laughs) so i'm kind of repeating myself there but um it's even if you have any family at all, you'll appreciate the show because uh, it, it's basically about um, these these two brothers. It's it's set in uh, an Irish neighborhood in uh, Providence, Rhode Island, um, and it's just about how both of these these two brothers kind of operate on two separate sides of the law. One's a gangster, and the other's a politician, and how they kind of have to they both have to kind of tell the line of what they do in order to protect each other. Um, and it's the brothers are played just immaculately well by Jason Isaacs and Jason Clark. Mm-hmm. Um, incidentally, they, they, the show takes place in a, a region that's known for a distinct accent. And both of the <laughs> stars, one of the stars is British and the other one's Australian. It's kind of funny, <laughs> um, but they both do, great justice to the accents yes. they uh that that you, you wouldn't be able to tell at all but uh the show had uh it had three seasons and the third season was thankfully they were able to conclude everything but it was you could tell it was really rushed it would have been it would have been nice to see it play out at a proper pace but at least it did have you got closure at least um, okay. but just the cast is just the best part of it um uh Let's see, Ethan Ethan Embry, who doesn't have a super impressive career. That's right. He's, sure he's, he does. He played Russ in a vacation movie. <laughs> That's right, he did. But uh, he's not particularly noteworthy, I right. guess. No, you're right. At um, least not for dramatic roles. Right, no. right. But he, uh, I, I, I feel uncomfortable saying he's the standout of the show because the acting is so good. But he is... You, you will barely recognize the evolution of his character. He's, he's so... He's so great in the show. Um, he okay. plays a cop who's friends with the brothers. Um, it's just—it's an amazing show. I, I can't—I can't say enough about it. It's—it's it's really great. Have—have have either of you guys seen any of it? No, uh, no I've seen one. I've seen the premiere, the pilot episode, and I just kind of—I—I don't think I was in the right frame of mind to watch it. Um, right. Hmm. So I mean, maybe I'll give it another shot because I trust your opinion. 
Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I'm just so busy. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's. I mean, it sounds really good. Um, and it's it's a very it's a very unique setting. I mean, I don't. Right. I can't think of too many shows that take place in Providence, Rhode Island. That's you know? true. And they it, it's 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 similar to The Wire in the way that Providence is sort of the unofficial main character of the show. Okay. In a way. Okay. So it's it's really good. I highly recommend it. Every all the acting is just phenomenal. Awesome. Okay. Cool. Yep. Um, cool. Should I move on to mine? My next. It's yours. Your all turn. right. Um, let's see. I, I have two left. Um, I'll go with <laughs> this one. Will be brief. Um, Jack and Bobby. <laughs> I I joke about this show because I I used to I watched it as a yeah, when when it, when it aired the one season it was a WB show that lasted a season and it was it's an interesting study because it's it's an intriguing concept for a TV show and it's kind of a shame that it fell victim to being on the not necessarily being on the WB and being confined to a teen drama but just the fact that it didn't take <laughs> off because it's a teen drama but it's basically the show opens with like the, the future, um, like a documentary on a president, um, um, president. I can't remember that. I think McAllister, Bobby McAllister. Yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> President McAllister, and so basically the entire the entire series is uh, like vignettes from the future of of this documentary about his presidency, and then the show is about his childhood. So, and it kind of goes into like kind of teen drama territory, which is it's fine sometimes. Um, if that's what you're into, but <laughs> it, um, I'm not going to justify Dawson. You Creek. definitely are into that. <laughs> I, from time to time I am. Cause it's kind of fun to watch that kind of stuff. Um, but it was an interesting, an interesting take on it. And the, the characters played off each other. Well, um, uh, uh, I don't remember any of the, I actually know one of the actors names and only because, uh, there was a guy who was friends with, um, tiny and, I, I, Tiny and my brothers, um, named Matt Long, who the, who the actor's name in the show was Matt Long. Um, <laughs> so anyway, uh, he, so, uh, he actually popped up in an episode of the newsroom, but anyway, it was, it was an interesting show. It was an interesting show. I liked it. It was kind of funny, kind of, kind of toward the end that they, uh, they basically had played up this, this hidden not hidden character but it's kind of this like the father their father like he was kind of away so they finally had the big episode where he was where he was came back or whatever they went to visit him and i could tell that they were trying to get like a big guest star but the best that they could do was lou diamond phillips (laughs) (laughs) god that's so mean (laughs) yeah i mean (laughs) the best they could do I mean, Lou Diamond Phillips is a, is a fine guy. I mean, he was actually in a couple episodes of Twenty Four in season one. That was actually yeah. he was actually really good. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I just like they like uh, you could tell like it was the WB and they wanted they wanted a big star for for that big role and like yeah yeah. So let me huh. get this straight. Mm-hmm. When the show started, we did not know which McAllister becomes president. The pilot episode is basically they basically play it up as if Jack is is uh, is going to be president, but okay. then um, and it was actually pretty cool because I think I don't remember if it was in the pilot episode or or in the episode next to that, but it was like yeah, um, congress like like he ends up being a congressman, but he dies mm-hmm. in office, 
and then oh. yeah and then bobby kind of takes his seat or whatever um or all in the first season huh yeah yeah well i mean they don't really they basically reveal this stuff as as if it had because gotcha. this is in the future okay. it's not like it's not like they're showing it or anything gotcha. um and then they yeah. also it's funny because like they have um um oh what is her name she's in she's in mad men now she was uh she was topless in hot tub time machine um oh uh jessica paré jessica paré yeah fine actress um she played kind of like the love interest of jack and it was funny because like in an episode it was like yeah um yeah so first lady uh character's name and she she ends up marrying bobby and it's kind of weird um yeah but she's she's the love interest of jack so (laughs) but it's kind of funny and and until this until like this moment right now, mm-hmm. or until you started talking about it, I thought the show was actually about Jack and Bobby Kennedy. Oh no, no! Seriously, I really? had no idea. Funny. Wow, <laughs> you know no. what? I'm sure that crossed my mind when it first came on. It, me too. When I, I, I remember vividly seeing like little uh, previews of it before movies uh, at Eagle Highlands, the now dead Eagle Highlands, here in Indianapolis. But um, R.I.P. It's now in L.A. Fitness, so. Um, but anyway, um, I used to work there and I saw like the snippets of like the regal first look things. And like, all I thought was like, Oh, okay. Jack and Bobby Kennedy. Okay, cool. And then it wasn't until before I saw it, I was like, Oh, oh, that's interesting. Okay. Um, but then one thing of note, and then we can move on to another thing because we spent way too much time on this. Um, (laughs) One thing that it's funny that they have basically one of the one of my biggest pet peeves and I don't watch I don't watch previews for uh promos for the next episodes anymore for anything. Mm-hmm. But one of the ones for for Jack and Bobby was like um someone someone's going to die in this episode and it's literally like out of the people who could die it's like the future president, the future congressman and the future first lady, and then one girl in their class. So it's like, who do you think's going to die, guys? Well, does she? Uh-huh. Does the other girl die? Yeah, she does. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, I mean, I get it, marketing a show and all that, but. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So anyway, uh, enough about that's Jack and fine. Bobby. I think it was on Instant at one point if you want to watch it. I think it had like 22 episodes. You can watch it that way, but it was. Yeah. It was memorable enough for me to talk about it for like an hour. Um, yeah, uh, Mike, what's next on your list? Is it Mike's turn? It is. Yeah, it's my turn. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I I was gonna talk about Batman the animated series, which you guys, uh, I was talking to Tiny before we started recording, mm-hmm. and he and I were both surprised that it was actually canceled. Really? It only ran for eighty five episodes, so not as long as you'd think. But uh, since you guys are digging so deep into the well, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull out one of my deep cuts mm-hmm. uh, and talk about a, uh, a series that is kind of an anthology series from 2008 called Fear Itself. Huh? Do you guys remember when that was on? Uh, I do. I don't. I know almost nothing about it. But okay, huh. it was uh, it was in 2008. I don't I don't know. It was certainly planned to go longer, but but they cut it short after 2008. Uh, and it was essentially one-hour movies, right? So not so okay. much an anthology in that it's shorts in, in one long thing, and they're barely connected at all. 
Um, okay. But it was like 13 episodes, and they were like short horror movies. And it was fun for me because there's very, very little horror on TV. Yeah. Right. Quality and horror. And there's no good horror on TV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it, it had like um, several like high-level B-list actors. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it had okay. uh, yeah. Brandon Ralph. Oh, wow. Was Ooh. on it. Um, and so, you know, it, there were just separate stories. I, I know one in particular was, was kind of like twisty and that this this uh, man and this woman are about to get married. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, the the woman, the bride-to-be, keeps opening these notes that say your, your, your groom, whatever his name is, is not who you think he is. You need to get out. You need to cancel this. You need, you need to stop. You need to go. He's going to kill you, this and that. By the end of the episode, you find out that the notes, of course, were meant for him, and it turns out that she is the serial killer. And uh, that's pretty and whatever. cool. So yeah, huh. it is cool. It's I mean, it's not brilliant TV, right? It's not even brilliant horror, but it, but it is campy and and clever enough that I think it warranted more. And it, and it's a shame uh, that it got canceled too early. Huh? That's too bad. That sounds yeah. good. What network was it on? It was on, I can't remember. It was on NBC. Oh, actually. interesting. Yeah. Wow. Huh. It was. Okay. And I don't, and I don't know what day it ran or what time it ran. I would just, I just watched it other right. times. So, hmm. um, but it was good. It was like, there was the episode with Brandon Routh. They moved into this town mm-hmm. and, uh, like the town was a cult or something like that. And they tried to get out, but they couldn't. Um, huh. That was okay. really cool. There was there were ghost stories. There there were creature features. Um, nice. Yeah, it was good. I I really liked it a lot. That sounds cool. Huh. Yeah, yeah I, I wish I would have seen it now that you mentioned it. I I have no memory of it. Yeah. Huh. That sounds pretty cool. Okay. So that is yeah. That's my pick. Cancel. Nice. That sounds before it's prime. Go ahead. Yeah. That sounds like it should have ended up on cable. Uh, like it is, cable would have totally been a better medium for it. Absolutely. Okay, so uh, Tiny, what's next on your list? Uh, this is actually my last one, and nice. I know I know you watched it, Matt. I don't know if Mike did, but uh, it was a show that had one season on FX. It is called Terriers. Yes, um, it's actually another uh, Tim Minear or Tim Minear, uh show. That's right, and he did. He wrote one of the better episodes, or one of the best episodes of the season. The the Oh yeah, that's right. Wow, I completely forgot about that. He played. He wrote the episode where it's uh, flashbacks. Um, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It was like the like the eleventh or twelfth episode. Yeah. I didn't want to. I didn't it mean was... to step on your toes there, but yeah. <laughs> no, it's cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that was a really good show. That uh, it was, I would say, almost a hundred percent a victim of marketing. Yeah. Um, and that's that's pretty much uh, ad- admitted by the heads of or the executives of the studio mm-hmm. and the network. They said that they just. I mean, also the the I know Tim Minear and and some of the other people involved with the show said that it was they they should have the, the name was kind of stupid yeah <laughs> just calling it terriers it was it was too vague and it didn't the allegory didn't or like the you know the symbolism didn't really play through right um, um, for, and, for, and that's that's true yeah for our listeners give a rundown of what terriers is terriers was like it was. Um, it was almost like a like a noir noir show. It, it was, was about uh, 
these this group of um, private investigators who uh, I think it took it took place in San Diego, mm-hmm. and it was uh, just about them. It, it had a it, it had a, lo- a linear storyline, mm-hmm. uh, an overarching storyline, but it also it was also episodic at the same time. Yep. Um, and I think with some with some time, it would have the, the the linear the linear story would have taken precedence, and it would have been a great show, a really great show. It really could, but have been. the. Yeah, the first season was a little bit episodic. It had some, but but the episodes they they were good. It was interesting stories. Um, just these two guys solving these these little crimes here and there, or these little mysteries. Um, it was just a great show. Um, Donald Logue was the the lead. Yeah, and uh, gosh, I can't think of the other guys now. Oh, you can't really um, interesting. I can't off the top of my head. I forget it. Uh, <laughs> Michael Raymond James. There you go. Who he yeah. was in? He was the the bad guy in the first season of True Blood. Right. Um, but he he was he was great too. Like they were both great and, and great actors. Um, and I, I just I, I wish it would have lasted too. Um, the show yeah. premiered. It was funny because it premiered. Um, maybe when was that? Maybe within six months of when I was I worked as a private investigator for like a brief stint. So I was kind of like, oh, cool, a PI show, and I, I've done that before. Um, <laughs> they're like me. They're like me. I'm. I'm also a recovering alcoholic. I'm not, but um. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so I, I kind of had that attachment to it. And plus, you mentioned this a Tim Minear show, and it, it, he was he was a big part of that. But it was also um more um, Sean Ryan's and right. uh, the guy who wrote Ocean's Eleven. Um, I can't think of it. Me neither. <laughs> but um, it was it was kind of their baby. Um. And Sean Ryan, I'm a huge fan of from The Shield. He he made The Shield, and that was another show that actually um, was uh, they were they actually they actually changed the name of The Shield to to The Shield from it was originally called The Barn, and they were afraid that people weren't going to know what it was about if or they thought they were going to watch like a gardening sh- gardening show or something, um, <laughs> which I feel like they should have they should have remember that or they should have done that with terriers because that uh, that title wasn't really doing it any favors and the promos weren't yeah. doing it any favors either not at all yeah i'm i'm uh i'll say the first words i've said <laughs> in a while <laughs> i never saw the show ever and uh okay. i i googled terriers and it's like well pictures of terriers so then i narrowed <laughs> it to terriers fx and it's all still pictures of terriers Jeez. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of the promos had pictures of a terrier dog and yeah. they weren't doing themselves any favors. No. Yep. Uh. And the, and terriers is like in a bone. Uh there's yeah. a terrier in every picture, little little Jack Russell. <laughs> yep. It's like it looks like it's a show about dogs. Yeah. 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 Which is it just was... so silly. Yeah. And they had that uh yeah, and it, it ended in a way that was pretty nice, though. Um, I thought that it, it did. Yeah, it gave it its closure and left it open ended. Um, yeah, huh. yeah. Unfortunately, it, it it the the most noteworthy part about it, in my opinion, is the two the two leads, Michael Raymond James and Donald Lowe. They, you could tell that they were like friends off screen. Yeah, really, and it, like I've I've heard them in interviews talking about working on the show, and they both say that. They're like they're probably going to be lifelong friends just from working, you know, on thirteen episodes with each other. Yeah, uh, cool. and it really plays through on screen. It really does. They have a great chemistry. 
Mm-hmm. Um, also of note, uh, one of the, like the villain for at least the first part of the season was uh, Christopher Cousins, who played Ted Beneke on Breaking Bad. Hmm, oh so. yeah, that's right. Fun nice. fact. <laughs> well, um, who is next? I think it's you. Oh me? It's oh, you, huh. um, Ooh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Ooh. The uh, like the, this this show is going to inspire a lot of conversation. And it it's also part of another or another show will be brought up with it, but undeclared. Nice. The uh, yep. I believe it. it was yeah me too. I believe it was a Fox show. Yep. Yeah. Um, Judd Apatow basically on the heels of uh, a year or two after the cancellation of Freaks and Geeks, he brought he he made undeclared with uh, Seth Rogen, Jay Baruchel. Uh, uh, Charlie Hunnam. I can't remember the girls' names. Monica Kina. Monica Kina. There you go. Who is a wreck now? By the really? way, really? I. Uh, oh yeah. She hasn't really been in much of anything except for Freddy vs. Jason. Freddy vs. Jason. Yep. Yeah. But the highest grossing of both franchises. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then. Deservingly so, I guess. Right. Sure. Sure. But it also had a uh, uh, Tim Sharp, who he was. Uh, he was. He hasn't really done much of anything either. I think he, he's in that show Enlightened or Enlightenment or something on Enlightened. Enlightened. Also, uh, the showrunner of that show is named Mike White. Um, but anyway, <laughs> that's right. The uh, he 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 was in it, and the show uh, altogether is really good. It's about just college life, and there's a bunch of uh, guest actors and, and bit players that go on to do good things. Like the first episode has Brandon Routh in it, I think. Or no, no, no not not Brandon Routh, but um. Whoever played Smallville, uh, the guy in Smallville. Oh, oh yeah. okay. Tom Welling. Tom know. Welling, yeah. Yeah. Uh, him, and then Will Ferrell comes in for an episode that's just phenomenal. He plays a... Yeah. He yes. plays a... Uh, <laughs> very similar to his role in uh, Wedding Crashers. Yeah, very yeah, similar. True. Wow. Um, yeah, basically he plays he plays um, a former student who does homework for people or, or, or yeah, does assignments for people. And he's all like on speed and everything. It's, it's hilarious. Yeah. It's, it's hysterical. <laughs> um, it's, but yeah, it was just, it was just a cool show and it, it's dear to me because I actually bought the DVD cause I hadn't seen it until well after it was canceled. I didn't know anything about it until well after it was canceled. And I bought it. I bought the DVD just on Judd Apatow's name alone. Um, yeah. it was the summer before freshman year before I met Mike. Um, yeah. It was kind of like I watched it because I was like, oh, I'm going to be doing this soon because I'm going to go to yeah. college. <laughs> that's um, funny because – go ahead. Finish your thought. Oh, that's pretty much it. And, um, yeah. You f- you forced me to watch it. Oh, I did. I mean, oh, yeah. I, uh, The 40-Year-Old Virgin came out on DVD and uh, I was like, oh, that was awesome. And you're like, okay, so you're an Apatow fan? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Who, nice. Who's Appleton? No, Apatow. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so it, no, not really. That's I'm, I'm kidding. But anyway, you told me to watch Undeclared. And the funny thing is I remembered watching either the pilot or the second episode when it aired. Oh, yeah. And being like, oh, okay, this show's all right. And then just <laughs> and never catching it again because I, f- I feel like it moved around and then, of course, was just canceled after yeah. most I- of the season. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, similar to how you felt about it, I watched it that freshman year. And while it is not – a real depiction of college whatsoever. Right. At least our college experience that <laughs> Not year. Our, yeah. But it was, ve- it was still, uh, I definitely connected in that way. 
and it's hilarious. I've oh, I've yeah. since watched it a couple times through. Mm-hmm. Me too. Um, it's a it was a a great like introduction to at least for most people an introduction to Seth Rogen and Jason Segel, who were both yes. really funny on it. Jason which they, I think both both of them had been in other stuff. Yeah, but. That was like when I think of like the start for those two actors. That's what I think of. Me too. And Jason yep. Siegel was phenomenal, and he played a, oh yeah the creepy ex boyfriend or of a, of a, the main character's love interest, and he was yeah. just great. Like I remember, I remember Mike, our freshman year. Carla um, Gallo, by the way. Car- Car- Carla Gallo. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, she played uh, um, Lizzie. Lizzie. Um, anyway, I remember, I remember just dying laughing because <laughs> the scene where, what was, what was it to the tune of like shake it fast or something like that? No, it was, uh, I can't remember what it was now, but it's basically, they're singing along to like Busta Rhymes or something. Yeah. Um, and they're getting like amped up and it's just, it's so goofy cause they're so, <laughs> you have to see it. Honestly, it's yeah. on Netflix. And he just but... throws in Stephen Carp. Yes. Yes. Hi, yes. Carp. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I wish I could remember the song. Me too. Let's see if you can put a clip in there. Yeah, I'll throw it. a clip in here. Uh, here. Yeah, here you go. Lock up the store. Eugene, let's go. Yeah, that scene. Yeah, it was just it's it, awesome. It was great. That's, I loved it. I was hooked already <laughs> before that, but even oh, yeah. but even then, the shame on that show. And we haven't really talked about uh, the effect of cancellation on shows that much, or like when a show was canceled, or um, the legacies of shows. We've kind of just talked about like the qualities of the shows, but right. this one really left me wanting more, and I was really bummed that this end. Uh, because it it's not a very satisfying conclusion at all. Yeah, it's one of, it, it's it one really of the isn't. ones that just kind of ends. Yeah, there's some yeah. some uh, some sense of conclusion, I guess, or there's some sense of closure, but it's also uh-huh. there's so much that they can do. And on the DVD, um, on the DVD, there's actually the script for the first episode of season two. I don't know if you know that. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, <laughs> and like I read it, and it's it's hilarious. It has um. Oh, what is, what what was Tim Sharp's name? The weird guy, the the guy that got sick, that was in love with uh, Monica Keena's character. I don't remember. Marshall. Marshall. It was Marshall. Marshall. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it was Marshall. Yeah, he. Uh, it's basically he. They go to a bar. They get fake IDs. They go to a bar. He drinks a lot, mm-hmm. and then he <laughs> throws up, and someone takes a picture of him throwing up, and it basically becomes like a meme at the college, and he's <laughs> he's trying to just. Dis, uh, disassociate himself from it, and I guess it's kind of, uh, kind of just really messing with messing with his life and stuff. I, I I can't remember specifics of it, but I remember laughing a lot when I was reading it, thinking like this uh-huh. could have been really great. Uh-huh. That sounds funny. Yeah. yeah, I I look at uh, I look at like the male characters in those shows and how it it was kind of like where a lot of those uh, those actors got their starts, and then I think of uh, this is the end. The movie that just yes. came out, you know what I'm talking about, and how Jay Baruchel is the main character of Undeclared, <laughs> and has done nothing since. Well, not well, nothing, but he has did, got uh, no recognition for anything he did since. That's true. He was yeah. great in uh, 
Um, she's out of my league, though. I love yeah, him in that. That was good. It was good. But he, the character he plays in This Is The End is accurate. Yeah. All these oh, other yeah. people are famous, but he's not famous. That's true. Not at all. <laughs> he's a likable yeah. guy. I, he could be really yeah, good. Yeah, he is likable. I like him a lot. Um, was he in, he was in like a series or something that got canceled. Well, he was in Tropic Thunder. He yeah, was in Tropic, Tropic Thunder. And you know what? He's yeah. in the How to Train Your Dragon movies, so he's doing all yeah. right. That's true. Yeah, he's doing fine. Yeah. Um, he's written a couple things too. Uh, he wrote, like, he wrote the movie Goon, which is an if it's an oh, awesome he did. movie. He did write that, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Well, that is a great movie. Yeah, oh, I liked save a lot. that for this for the sports movies podcast. Yeah, yeah. When right, like I said, when the when the footballing competitions come on, we'll, we'll, we'll do a <laughs> sports episode. The foot, footballing the footballing match. matches. The footballing matches. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's also going to be in the remake of RoboCop, apparently. Really? Huh. Yeah. I'm getting, you know what's weird? I'm getting more excited about that as it gets closer. Really? Interesting. I re- yeah, I really like that that Joel Kinnaman or whatever his name is. Okay. Um, I think he's awesome. Huh. We'll see how the movie is. I don't know. Right, right. But, uh, but I really like him a lot. and Gary Oldman's in it. Sam Jackson's in it. See, I haven't uh, been following I, it that closely. Yeah. So it'll be, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I liked it originally, so it should be good. Uh, real quick about about um, Jay Baruchel. He was in a Canadian movie called Good Neighbors with Scott Speedman, and I can't remember the girl. But it was awful. That movie is so horrible. <laughs> it's basically wow. he plays a he play. There's three people in this apartment building who in the in the in the surrounding area. There's a serial killer or something. And so they're basically like they just meet or something and they basically suspect each other. The two guys do. And it's just like Scott Speedman plays this guy in a wheelchair who's kind of like they're like he's Jay Baruchel's convinced that he's he's lying about being handicapped or something. It's it's really stupid. It's it's a really stupid <laughs> movie. Hmm. Um, but yeah, Jay Bar- go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say Jay Baruchel was also in um, Million Dollar Baby. That's true. He yeah. is, yeah. yeah. It's one of the <laughs> brothers or something like that, right? So, Mike, you were wrong. <laughs> what, just that what, that he hasn't done anything? <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I mean, I know that he's done I'm plenty. Just, I'm just I, yeah. I just mean he's not famous. Right. Right. right he's not I, I totally get what you're yeah. saying. Um, I kind of base kidding. it on my... Uh, my scale of if I asked one of my students who this actor is, whether they, whether they know him or not. Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? And okay. they would not know who Jay Baruchel is. Probably not. That sounds like a tough scale, though. It is tough. Yeah. They don't know a lot. Right. Stupid kids. A lot. Um, a lot. A lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Mike, do you have any more on your list? I do. I have plenty. How much time do we have? We're, we're running uh, at about an hour we're running, or ten. Yeah, we're running a little short, because I know you said you wanted to get off here pretty soon. And We're uh, running short. How Don't we do like an hour and fifteen? Uh, yeah, I mean, I was just saying, I mean, you said that you wanted to be done here in like well, 15. I got, I got 20 minutes. Okay, that's cool. be in yeah. bed by 9.30. Sure. Let me, I'll do another one. Okay, cool. Go ahead. I'm going to go back deeper into the vault again and talk about a rarity. Um, do you guys remember the show Eerie, Indiana? Yes. Totally. I totally yes. do. This, I almost missed this on the nostalgia episode uh-huh. last, uh, last week. Um, and then I like thought of it afterwards. And mm-hmm. then when you mentioned that we were doing the canceled series, this one, this one popped into my mind. Perfect. 
Erie, Indiana is a weird show. <laughs> uh, well, clearly it's a weird show. Right. But it's, uh, its airing schedule was very strange. It originally aired from 91 to 92, where I caught maybe an episode of it. And then it was re-aired on Fox Kids in, like, 96, 97. Okay. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So I imagine that if you guys remember what I'm talking about, you mm-hmm. probably remember it from 96, 97. Because it was, Definitely. like, way under the radar in 91 and 92. Way yeah. under the radar. I remember it from 91, 92, I think. You do? I th- I think. I can't. Well, no, 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 I don't. Because I remember watching it when I lived in Indiana. So never mind. Scratch go. that. I, I just, I remember being at my grandma's house in 91, like Thanksgiving or something like that. And seeing uh, the episode where he gets his retainer. <laughs> And uh, and then like being like I gotta watch this show again and then never seeing it for five years Jeez. and then and then it was on like the Fox Box Kids whatever <laughs> wow um, and I, and I was obsessed with it so anyway it's uh, for those not in the know it it was it stars this kid named Omri Katz which if you've yeah. seen the movie Hocus Pocus which is another nostalgia movie. If you've seen Love Hocus Pocus, he is the star of that movie. And it's this kid who, uh, he and his family, um, he reluctantly moves to Erie, Indiana. Um, and he plays a guy named, kid named Marshall Teller. And he has like a sidekick named Simon. And, uh, <laughs> and they just do adventures and stuff. And weird stuff happens. Mm-hmm. Essentially. Yeah. There's a, the, uh, the pilot. It's not even called Pilot, so you know I don't know how they did that, but uh, it's right. called Foreverware, mm-hmm. and it's where uh, this lady holds like Tupperware parties, but they're big long boxes, and they keep people young forever. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wow, yeah. And yeah. I I just looked it up. It used to be on Netflix Instant for a while, but now it's not anymore. But you I, can. I remember that, and I remember missing it when it was on. Like somebody said that. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I right. had it on my queue for the longest time, but I just never got around to it. But because yeah. I, I wanted to watch it again for that nostalgia factor, but it yeah. is on Hulu Plus if you're if you subscribe to that. Gotcha. Uh, um, I'm I'm looking through some of the guest star. Well, I guess not guest stars at the time, but hmm. Daniel Harris. Oh, I it. know you're fond of her. I love Daniel Harris. She's one of my <laughs> favorites. Uh, Toby Maguire was in an episode called The Dead Letter. Oh wow! Wow, yeah. Tiny's got to be a fan of that. Yeah, I hate Tobey Maguire. Do you? That's funny. I I loathe him. Sorry. Really? That's funny. Um, So yeah, it was it was just a show that was on, and it it was really uh, clever, creepy for kids, Mm -hmm. which which again is rare to come by, especially on TV. That that like uneasy but still family friendly. Like what other shows are like that on TV for kids that are like like Ren and Stimpy. Yeah, I not, can't. Make, not anymore. Make, not. I, I can think of now? examples. I can think of examples from when we were kids, but not anymore. Yes. Yeah, exactly. me neither. Right. right. Maybe part of that is just being out of touch with what kids are watching. Because I mean, I maybe. don't know what the hell kids are watching, but maybe. Um, another part of that is, I mean, there's just uh, TV's changed. Kids have changed. I mean, it's it you know. You're right. Yeah. It was I mean, a sitcom, I, and we've we kind of talked about sitcoms already. How they're gone. Hmm. Yeah. Go ahead. What were you saying? I was going to say the only thing I can think of right now is, like, Spongebob. If you really think about it, Spongebob is really weird. It is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's not, not nothing like – it's it's not in the same vein as Ren and Stimpy. You're right. Hmm. Yeah. Right. There There's no – Spongebob doesn't, like, 
make you feel weird but feel entertained. It's like, right. oh, it's funny because it's weird. Yeah, and when you, when you when you dissect it, it's weird. But when you just watch right. it on the surface, it's yeah. Right. Exactly. P- pun in, pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> on the surface. That's oh, cheers. <laughs> Very good. Very good. So it lasted uh, 19 episodes both times, 91 and 92. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and then it was they followed it with Erie, Indiana, the other dimension, oh, which was wow. which was canceled immediately. <laughs> wow. Huh. Well, that's a Cut shame. Before it's prime, yeah, fifteen episodes. Okay, um, yeah. Do do you? Because uh, I'm out. Do you guys want to talk about freaks and geeks briefly? We could, but sure. I'm not even that familiar with it. Yeah, it's. I love it. People love it. People love it. I love it. But honestly, I think Undeclared it just kind of is better for me. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Me too. Um, I mean, I watched the one episode and. I was hooked in one episode of Undeclared, but I was not hooked with one episode. Of right. And, and they're different beasts. I'm, I'll have they to are, watch Freaks right. and Geeks again. Right. Um, but yeah, both are just great displays by Jason Siegel. Yeah, yeah. really. And uh, James Franco was great in, in Freaks and Geeks as well. Yep. Yes. Actually, I might start rewatching that soon now that I think about it. Um, cool. Yeah. Uh, well, any anyone else have any uh, anything? I, don't think, I so. think I'm all out. Nice. Yeah. All right. Uh, now's the time of the show where we kind of wrap everything up and we talk about what we're looking forward to coming up or what we've been watching lately. Um, Matt, did you want to go ahead and tell us yours? Yeah. Um, I just recently watched, like like I said before, my uh, my my PS3 crapped out, so I've been without Ooh. a PS3. Yeah. I uh, I actually sent it off to get repaired, so it's so it's okay. You guys can good luck. Our long national yeah, our long Ooh. national nightmare is almost over. <laughs> um, but what I did watch was uh, Coffee Town, which you can you can rent it on iTunes now. It's uh it's a the funnier die movie. Um, it's got Glenn mm. Glenn Howerton, um. Uh, ben Schwartz, who plays John Ralphio on Parks and Rec, um, and one guy can't remember his name. I didn't actually look it up, but he he almost stole the show. But it's basically Glenn Howerton plays this guy who he's he sits at a coffee shop and does work from from his laptop, and he's kind of interacts with all the people. But and basically the whole story is is him trying to figure out a way to prevent the coffee shop from being converted into this bistro. So that he can keep his what he calls his office, um, and just from there, it's it's hilarious. It's it's legitimately hilarious. Like it's uh, mm. Ben Schwartz plays this cop who who uses uh, <laughs> he uses fear to pick up women, <laughs> and so it's he has some very hilarious moments. Um, it's just like this cocky kind of thing. It's it's hilarious. <laughs> um, it's it's really funny, and also Adrian Palicki is in it, which I'm quite a fan of hers. Um, she played Tyra in uh, uh, Friday Night Lights, yeah. and uh, she she plays kind of a love interest. But it's hilarious. It's on iTunes if you want to rent it, like four bucks. But isn't, uh, I'm uh, sure it'll go on Netflix. Go ahead. Isn't Josh Groban in that? Yes, yes, Josh Groban is in it, and he's actually hilarious. Nice. Um, yeah, there's he uh, he butts heads with Glenn Howerton a lot. And okay. it's it's hilarious because he's like he's kind of the guy he's the he's an employee of the coffee shop who he's like um 
<laughs> he's he's like he hates Glenn Howerton for just basically he sees him as a freeloader. Yeah. Um. So they kind of butt heads back and forth. But the real guy that steals the show is the guy that plays his uh his friend Chad, who he's okay. kind of uh kind of a crazy kind of guy, and he's uh like I I don't want to say any of the lines because and it's just it's pure gold. It's like truly it's it's hilarious. Um, cool. But in any case, I uh, the guy's name is Steve Little, but it's it's a really funny movie. Uh, I highly recommend it. Uh, when you when you yeah. mentioned Coffee Town, mm-hmm. <laughs> so stupid. You can cut it out if you want. The first thing, okay. they, cause do you like how I set up my jokes? By the way, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you said Coffee Town, the first thing I thought of was like it was some kind of sequel to the 1973 black exploitation flick Coffee, starring Pam Greer. She got a body men would die for, and a lot of them did. <laughs> wow! I think there were actually oh crickets God. outside the window. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wow. Really, oh, the first God. thing I thought of was coffee. Like, I wanted to make a <laughs> Pam Greer joke, but you beat me to it. You beat me to the <laughs> to telling about the actual movie you were talking about. All right. Well, <laughs> I'm glad that you shared. Uh, so this was the last episode Mike will ever yeah, be on the podcast. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, oh, but yeah, I recommend it. And uh, the only thing that Steve Little Guy was in, I'm only saying this really for Tiny's benefit, was that he was in Hearts in Atlantis. He played a low man. Oh, okay. I think, I think it's kind of cool if you're a fan of Stephen King. But anyway, hmm. yeah. So uh, uh, let's see who's next. Who wants to go next? Uh, Tiny, what are what about you? Uh, just real quickly, uh, I saw a preview for this movie. Um, something I'm looking forward to coming up. We saw a trailer for it uh, when we saw Elysium. Um, the movie is called The Monuments Men. Um, yes, it looks really cool. It's uh, directed and written by George Clooney. Mm-hmm. Um, and also he stars in it, of course. Uh, yeah. It's about a a crew of like like or like a, a unit of these soldiers during World War Two who uh, they they go around Europe and they try to recover and protect uh, like renowned works of art that's attempted to be stolen by the Nazis or destroyed by the Nazis. Uh, and apparently, it's based on a true story. It uh, looks really cool. It has an amazing cast. Uh, it really does. George Clooney. Matt Damon? Yeah, George Clooney, Matt Damon, Kate Blanchett, Bill Murray, John Goodman, yes. uh, Jean Dujardin, um, Bob Balaban. Just a great cast. It's, it looks it looks really good. Oh, yeah. Mm. I'm looking forward to that. Academy uh, Award winner, Jean Dujardin. Uh, yep. Yep. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so that looks good. Mike, how about you? Uh, well, you can give me crap for this if you want, but I am actually <laughs> highly anticipating Jobs. Really? Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I am looking. I haven't to seen it. the trailer yet. Directed by uh, Joshua Michael Stern, who hasn't directed anything that I care about at all. <laughs> uh, but I really do genuinely like Ashton Kutcher. Uh, I might be in the minority of people of our ilk. Uh, I know there are people who like Ashton Kutcher, but. Right. People who talk about movies don't like him. I do genuinely yeah. like him. I I think there, I think there's something genuine about Ashton Kutcher. Uh, it's it's almost like he is self aware of the fact that he w- is like a model turned actor, uh, uh-huh. and he can't help that he's beautiful. <laughs> um, so he kind so he kind of plays that up. Um, I'm a Mac user, and I really love Steve Jobs. I love. Uh, Steve Jobs, the philosopher, you know, he, 
lot, a lot of Steve Jobs things interest me. Uh, and so there's just okay. like the scene at the end of the trailer uh, when he ha- when he has the iPod up and it's like revolving around him and you see his reflection in the back of the iPod. That actually gives me chills. Um, hmm. so, I'm, so I'm I'm looking forward to that movie a lot. I I, I really like Josh Gad. Um, I, I was gonna say I'm a big fan of his yeah, too. That's yeah. one of the things that was also in it. Um, so so I think it should be good. I'll give it a chance at least. We'll, we'll okay. see. Hmm. Yeah, I haven't seen the trailer yet, but I've been I've been uh, uh, waiting for Sorkin's version because yeah. he was uh, he was hired to write a script for for a Steve Jobs biopic, but I, I don't know what the status is of that. Last I heard, I think he was having trouble with it actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Plus, he's got the newsroom kind of going, so I'm not sure how. Uh, I don't. I'm not sure if that'll happen or not. Right. But I hope it does. Right. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think that's about it for this episode. Um, unless you guys had anything else you wanted to say? Uh, nope. Just I, I need to so. get ready for work. <laughs> All righty. All right. Well, thanks for listening tonight, everybody. Um, as always, you can check our past episodes on iTunes, or you can go to the website obsessiveviewer.com. Uh, there's also all kinds of other content on there, uh, movie reviews and all kinds of stuff about TV and movies. Uh, if you want to reach us, you can send us an email at ovpodcast at gmail.com, or you can reach all three of us on Twitter. I am at ObsessiveTiny, Matt is at ObsessiveViewer, and Mike is at I am Mike White. Um, and don't forget to you know give us a review on iTunes or just shoot us an email about anything you want us to change, or we'll probably ignore it. Um, <laughs> uh, and then, you know, as always, thanks for listening, and... Uh, that's about it. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Uh, thank you, guys. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, Mike? Pause, pause for editing break. Okay. Do you, how many... <laughs> Oh my god. Was that real? Uh, Half real, but okay. God.